For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Welcome to another lovely evening of Jaybird watching. We are live in all of the places we possibly can hook up to. YouTube, Twitter, and we're even on Facebook this evening along with Twitch. So tonight, Blue Jays fans, we're going to talk more rumors. I know you're getting tired of rumors, but we have a little fun play on this on how we're going to attack it this evening. First, before I um, get too far introducing our guest, Adam Corsair, Brandon Panikar. How are you two doing this evening? What's going on? What's going on? Doing well, man. Snow. You ready? That's it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Adam in Rhode Island sounds like he's going to get the winner's first backhand right off the bat here, right before Christmas. <laughs> Listen to me. It's child's play. Okay. Child's play. <laughs> this is nothing. So that's that what. Nothing. Uh, I forget how many millimeters that is off the top of my head. <laughs> yeah. Whatever. That's a, that's a walk in the park. It's about. <laughs> yeah, it's about like that, right? Something like this. Yeah, it's about one human head. <laughs> you guys haven't heard of the the blizzard of '78, huh? From Rhode Island. I think we got a, about five feet of snow, and it covered the entire Whoa. state. Yeah, blizzard of '78. Look that shit up. Google well, that. Every, it, oh come yep. on, we grill it. Shit. That's, <laughs> that is that is legend in Rhode Island. If you live through, you think COVID's bad. People in Rhode Island years from now are not even going to talk about COVID. They're going to still be talking about the blizzard of 78. I shit you not. You watch. Meanwhile, the people in Western New York are, you know, sharpening their skates and getting ready for the freaking uh, playoffs, man. Playoff That's football. Right. <laughs> but anyway. I won't rain on your parade too badly, man. But anyway, Niners will be back in strong next year. Before so. we go too far, I want to introduce our illustrious uh, guest this evening, Mr. Bobby Kay. How are you doing this evening, my friend? What's up, guys? I'm doing great. Uh, just sitting here, watching the snow come down. We already got about six inches, so I'm oh. it's going to be about another <laughs> six to a foot after uh, tonight, but we're ready for it. That's like the, uh, okay. six inches of snow has already gotten into your wonderful microphone feed. <laughs> <laughs> oh, is, it, is it muffled? Oh, no. No, you're good. Up. Right now, for a second, it kind of did the robot voice thing for a sec, but now you're back. You got auto it's just for you to be on the show, just like you, yeah. <laughs> so, first things first, gentlemen, there is actually some Blue Jays news that we have to touch on. We got a little, little bit of a free agent kind of signing. We got to keep Forest Wall, and then the Blue Jays pick up Tyler White from the Houston Astros. I know I forgot to put that on the agenda, but I just reread it again. So sorry, fellas, I'm slapping you with it. <laughs> um, does this scream anything but depth to the three of you? And uh, yeah, whoever wants to take that one first. I know Forrest Wall had a uh, little resurgence before all the COVID fun, but 
good, great, grand. Move on to the next thing. Yeah, it's it's death. <laughs> it is death. It's so much death. Yeah. So, hey, in a world where we don't have any outfield depth, having Forest Wall is not the worst thing in the world. Yeah, that's yeah. true. <laughs> very, very true. That's why you got to sign Springer. So, and that, well, which is where eventually we're going this night to see <laughs> Brendan and your segue points too damn Please early. Have some segue points. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, first things first, though. The Blue Jays have apparently been linked to the Japanese phenom pitcher that is apparently going to be posting to, I think it's Tamayuki Sugiano. Sounds good. <laughs> I have I, I've heard one person say it the same way twice so far on MLB Network. Other than that, I got nothing. Yeah. But they are saying about this young pitcher on um, pretty much everywhere I've been able to read so far is that past Trevor Bauer, he is automatically the next best pitcher on the market as far as Pierce stuff. That's a pretty bold statement. Uh, Brendan, would you like to kick that off on what this could mean for possible Blue Jays uh, pickups? Yeah, yeah, sure. I mean, I, I can't offer much insight onto his stuff or anything like that because never seen him pitch. But I'm looking at his baseball reference page now. It looks like all really good stuff. Low ERAs every single year. Uh, is pitching high innings totals. Uh, not so much recently the last two years, but you go back 2015 to 2018, he was almost at 180 every single year. And above that, broke 200 in 2018. So, yeah, it looks like he is a pretty decent arm. Uh, I'd love to learn more about him, but uh, I'll trust what the analysts and the scouts say. And it seems like, I don't know, guys, if you guys think the same as me, but hearing this interest, and then I know we talked a lot last week um, about, uh, what's his name, um, the Korean from the KBO. Yep. Yeah, yeah, and, uh, yeah, 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 you know what I mean. Kim, uh, Kim, 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 Kim. That's it, yes. yeah, yeah. <laughs> That the international market could be a route for them to take if they miss out on some of the big three. And I'm talking Springer, I'm talking Real Muto and, and Bauer, uh, or sorry, LeMahieu uh, uh, as an offensive uh, side of things. So yeah, I mean, keep every wasn't off- it all pictures for when we were talking about this conversation, Steve. <laughs> so sorry, Brenda, I didn't mean to cut you off. Hello. I didn't even I didn't even hear a word of what you said, but <laughs> I, I was my, gone. My, anyways, <laughs> I, I was done. My point. Gotcha. Anybody else want to add anything to that, Adam? Bobby? Yeah, sure. Um, when I hear that the Blue Jays are interested or show interest in a player, I pretty much just eliminate them from the pool because it doesn't interest showing interest in a player doesn't mean that they're pursuing a player. Um, they're just to me, it just means that they're showing due diligence and doing their research and whatnot. And uh, the Blue Jays are an organization that doesn't necessarily just brush people aside that are available they'll do their homework and they'll check to see if they're a fit for the club and that to me is what showing interest is about um and also i read that he he is showing interest in the rangers and automatically i'm thinking to myself this is this is you darvish all over again so uh, i'm good i don't want that kind of ptsd anymore i'm good and so do i think this would be a good signing for the blue jays depending on the price um I think he's 31 years old, which is a little high up there for for an for a pitcher if you're going to sign him outright. Um, I don't know how long he's going to be in this tier for. Um, depending on how much you're paying him, it doesn't necessarily matter. But I'm not sure that I want to push my chips in on this. But in terms of a consolation prize for a Trevor Bauer, uh, sure. But again, it just depends on the price. Yeah, 
Bobby, you want to add to what this could do to your brother's chances of getting in the starting rotation? <laughs> well, first of all, I'll, I'll just build off what those guys said. And uh, I looked up his stats as well. And he does have a lot of innings logged uh, over the I – I looked, it was like 10 years worth of uh, full seasons. So he's getting up there, uh, especially with his arm. Uh, another thing you got to worry about is uh, – the guys that come over from Japan always don't uh, pan out because every few years you hear that the next big pitcher from Japan, like, oh, my yeah. God, these guys could come over here and dominate. Like, it was like Hideki Rabu, uh, Tanaka. Like, you always hear, like, <laughs> these names, and it just doesn't always work uh, all the time. Uh, as far as our team goes, we need starting pitching. Uh, I think that's pretty obvious. We didn't have anyone throw six innings last year ever. So uh, we can use starting pitchers, and we can use a – Durable arm, if that's the case. Uh, and as far as Anthony goes with the rotation, uh, I think we talked about this last time that we pretty much think he's going to start in AAA. There is AAA. Uh, so I don't think this is going to affect him. So, I mean, I'm all for it. Uh, it can't hurt. And like I said, as long as the price is right, I mean, I think it would be a good timing. Mm. Yeah, I do agree that as far as it goes, it's more depth, I guess, than yeah. if it's somebody high end arm. Great. It just, when the Blue Jays were good in 2015, 2016, and I'll even go back as far as when we were good in the early 90s. Guys, think about this. We didn't have that real stud in our rotation. It was super average, above average, throughout the whole you know five-man rotation. Mm-hmm. If you're putting something together like this where there was just no real off day in the rotation, I feel like this guy is right in that conversation where they will get exactly what they pay for in that situation, just to get the second, third guy into the rotation and let them run through it. It sounds like the way they're building this team up, they're going to have plenty of offense to help carry what could be another J-Hap, Marco Estrada, and company all over again for Blue Jays fans. And that might include J-Hap. <laughs> I still can't believe that's coming back, but I'm not shocked by that one bit. Is yeah. anybody else? He's a solid pitcher. And he, great. I don't mind it. I'm yeah. fine with it. One year deal, sign him up. A uh, third tenure. I think that will only be the second Blue Jay in history to have three tenures with the team in three separate stints. So, hey, bring him back. I love Jay. I'm, I'm um, now, I guess the question is can Bobby name the third guy? We've talked about it on, or the other guy that's been on the team three times in Toronto. I got no idea. <laughs> I, I don't know. I, I don't only know. say it because you are a Yankee fan before your brother started playing north of the border, and Tony Fernandez is the oh, answer. Well, and I Tony know. Fernandez did play with the New York Yankees for a season, and I think he hit the cycle against the Blue Jays one day. <laughs> Just to make it salty. <laughs> so, moving right along, gentlemen. The next big headline is the fact that not only are the Blue Jays looking for free agents, Scott Boris is reporting during his little media session, I believe it was Tuesday morning, Monday evening, something like that. And he's not saying that the Blue Jays will look for one free agent. They're looking for multiple free agents or a group, if you will, to help bolster this this roster. Uh, Bobby, do you think this is actually smoke? Or is this fire, or what do we got? Or is this Mike, or Scott Boris doing Scott Boris? I mean, Scott Boris is going to be Scott Boris, and agents are going to say anything to uh, help uh, their free agents uh, get better deals, obviously, if people want to compete with the Blue Jays. Oh, Blue Jays are looking to sign players. I mean, obviously, other teams are going to push harder. But uh, 
I absolutely agree that the Blue Jays are in the market. I think they proved it last year when they signed Ryu. I think they're looking to add to that. I don't see that. Uh, I don't see them stopping building on this team. So I mean, as much as I think he might be lying a little bit, I think yeah, he's telling the truth. Yeah. Yeah, Adam, you want to jump in on that? Yeah, I, when it comes to Boris, I, I I don't think that he's completely blowing smoke up our asses about this. I think uh, some of what he's saying is legitimate. Um, he might be embellishing how much interest the Blue Jays have in various free agents. Um, I'm sure. Again, going back to the previous point, um, they're doing due due diligence. They always check in. Um. What that means in terms of their pursuit to this free to these free agents are a completely different thing. And again, when it comes to free agency, it's a 50-50 thing, right? It's not just you pick someone and, okay, now you're on my team. It's not like it's the captain of the team. There has to be mutual interest there. And we all know that the Blue Jays have had notorious difficulties signing free agents because of the taxes north of the border and, and whatnot. Um, and maybe some misunderstandings when it comes to customs and specifically this year when it comes to the unknown of having a home. Um, I do think that's a legitimate thing that's on the mind of players. But then again, money talks. Um, so beautiful in April. Oh, I, I don't I don't disagree. <laughs> and if they decide to play in Dunedin, that's beautiful, too. Um, but for me, it's. I think there's a new sort of relationship with Boris and the Blue Jays, and you can sort of see it blossoming now. And before it was just the Blue Jays to Boris and Boris to the Blue Jays was just radioactive. It was oil and water. You just did not see that mixing well. Um, but now it seems that, you know, now that Anthopolis and Beeson have sort of left. Um, and I, I think that there is a, a more eagerness to get deals done and for the Blue Jays as the richest ownership in baseball to sort of open up the wallet a little bit. And I think Boris is applying the pressure to do so in what better time than now. Again, we've talked about this before. So when it comes to whether or not I think he's, you know, embellishing, maybe just a little, but at the same time, I think this is also encouraging for Blue Jays fans to say, look, Scott Boris is saying we're legit. Maybe that means we're legit. I wouldn't read too much into it because, again, he is an agent and his job is to up the price and up the bid for the people he represents. I get that. But uh, it is cool to see a positive relationship now with Boris and the Blue Jays. So I'll I'll take that, I guess. This yeah. is the guy who used to call the, the blue flu. Blue flu. And they, would never yes. spend, they were sick of spending money. That's exactly. <laughs> Exactly where I was going to go. You see the tone change with Scott Boris before when he was basically begging and insulting the organization. It's like, please deal with my clients. I know you have so much money in our backs. You're so, so strong financially with Rogers, a telecommunications company as an owner of the team. So let's do business. And the previous regime in Thopolis refused to do business with him. And it took until the reuse signing for the Shapiro regime to like, yeah, of course we'll work with you. You're an agent that represents very, very good players, in most cases superstars. So let's do it. Um, if he's speaking that way, changing his tone from the blue flu to giving us compliments as an organization, yeah, that's right, Adam um, and Bobby, you're supposed to be doing that for your clients is trying to drum up as much interest as possible. But at the same time, I, I believe there is something there. Uh, it excites me that they are willing to deal with Boris because he is the super agent. Um, and, uh, yeah, I buy it. And the only other thing I'll say is how much or where do you apply 
to be the intern that comes up with the analogies uh, at these winter meetings <laughs> and everything for three agents. Like that thing I said about Jackie Bradley Jr. yesterday or today, JBJ, the PB&J just spreads it everywhere or whatever the hell it was. <laughs> I was like, come on, I want that job. I want to come up with these analogies for Scott Boris. Nice. <laughs> nice. It's almost like even it would be the free agent podcast with Scott Boris if he kept doing that every week. <laughs> right. He's out there. I'm surprised he doesn't do something like that already. It sounds like he does everything. I didn't realize until I read that article yesterday yesterday that he does that every winter meeting oh, yeah. at the close i had no clue because all you end up hearing is all the you know the cannon fodder that falls out after the fact especially for blue jays fans until last mm-hmm. year not hearing and carrying one thing that they, that gentleman actually said yeah. <laughs> so before i go too far and i'll let you guys get back into this if you want to talk i forgot the top of our show because this is still too new stadiumsteen.tv is affiliated oh, yeah. with us I completely blank. I am sorry, corporate <laughs> sponsorship. <laughs> so, Shout out to Stadium Steam. Uh, yeah, there you go. So, Stadium Steam, thank you very much for uh, joining us and having a good time with us. And um, yeah, we'll continue the beers and whatnot. And uh, if you're looking for anything else, stadiumsteam.tv wise, literally anything you can think of sports wise. So, it's not just us, it's everything you can think of. And it's a really cool website. Check it out. Anyway, I digress. Back to the forest talk. <laughs> um, is there anything that you gentlemen would like to add on the Scott Forest thing as far as what this means for the Blue Jays going forward or any other interesting information or tidbits you would like to add? I have one thing that I heard just before we hopped on. I was listening to Tim and Sid, uh, and they had Jeff Passan on earlier. And Passan is still very much on the George Springer to the Blue Jays thing. Um, and he's been on it since day one. And I don't know about the three of you guys, but Rosenthal was the guy for me, like back in like 2015, 2016. And before he left Fox for the athletic, I feel over the last few years, Jeff Passan is now the guy that I trust and listen to the most. I don't know if he's surpassed Rosenthal in in baseball circles and trust with agents and organizations, but anything Passan says, I take as gospel. And they weren't just talking about Springer, but they were talking about their interest in everybody because everybody's making jokes that the Blue Jays are checking in on everybody. And Passon's like, it's not a joke. Like they actually are making a whole and serious effort to be better. And I think that can tie back to the difficulties with signing free agents in Toronto. I think you have to touch base with everybody. You have to have like plan A, B, C, D, E, F, G to assign guys and make your team better. So Everything that Boris is saying, everything that Passon has been saying all winter keeps me excited. And the fact that he's been on the Springer to the Blue Jays thing as the most logical fit and where he sees it happening, I trust that it's going to happen. I'm very optimistic that George Springer is going to be a Blue Jay. The big thing on that, other than the fact that you get massive segue points for where we're going with roster fallout from all these possible pending moves. um, The big thing I think on this whole thing is the fact that it isn't going you guys yeah. remember when we had these rumors that come up? It's like, okay, great. You know, we heard about it for a week, and then it's like the, yeah, that'll happen. And then yeah. nothing ever. It goes away. <laughs> yeah. It's like, yeah, let's bring Ken Griffey Jr. out of retirement. Yeah, that'll happen. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't but, hate it. <laughs> no, I know, right? I, I think Ash is just as good yeah. as anybody else. Yeah. <laughs> so, but as it is, it's good stuff to hear. But as far as, like I said, Brendan's segue points here tonight, we are our main topic is going to be talking about what could happen to the rest of the roster if we make these moves. And let's just talk them in through individually first and see what the 
fallout is from each one, then we'll see what maybe the the quote unquote likely group could be as far as go to close up the show. So let's start off with let's say the Blue Jays throw a giant pile of money in George Springer's lap and he decides to come north of the border. First base value, everyday center fielder for the Toronto Blue Jays makes the most sense as far as that. Okay, we actually quote unquote right now have three legit outfielders. Hey, Oscar Hernandez, uh, Randall Gritchick, and Lourdes Gurriel Jr. What happens to our lineup um, on the roster from that after having our, um, George Springer in this? And we'll start with you, Bobby, as our guest. What do you think the Blue Jays hit the deal with as far as roster shuffling? Or is this just the beginning of the storm if they do something like this? Because it would be the top guy on the market. Yeah, so... Obviously, like you said, we got the three guys, but uh, obviously the DH. Uh, this junior is going to Guys, stop you one second. You might have to turn your feet off. You're going really robotic. <laughs> yeah, sorry guys. Uh, like I said, the snowstorm. My internet's not the best right now. How does it sound now? Sounds okay. wonderful. Now. Yes. <laughs> No, it was for a sec. <laughs> uh, no, yeah, I was checking my internet before I hopped on, and uh, you know the snowstorm is uh, uh, it's slowing down my internet. But uh, there you go. Uh, now the beats fully dropped out. It sounds like you're in the room with us now. So yeah, if you could sound- quick hit a reset button on where you were going with that conversation, I would appreciate it. <laughs> yeah, of course. Uh, like you were saying, there's three uh, starting outfielders right now, but we do have the DH spot open and. If Guerrero Jr. can get in shape at third base, that would be a huge help for the team. You can uh, open up the first base spot, and then the DH spot would also open. So, I mean, you can make roster moves, which they didn't really have the ability to last year. They were kind of handcuffed with the, what was going on. But the addition would obviously be a huge uh, We might have actually lost you now. <laughs> yeah, you ducked out. <clears throat> I can pick up anyway, on that. Um, all right, off. Actually, it did sound like he bookended his part. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I think that when it comes to uh, the outfield, we'll start there. If they sign uh, Springer, I think that is um, it means one of two things. If there's no uh, subsequent trade involving Guriel, I'm saying deuces to Randall. Time to go. Yeah. Um, sure, you would love to have the outfield depth, but I don't know that you're paying a backup outfielder, that kind of contract. Um, I'd be willing to trade him for almost anything I possibly could. And that doesn't say anything about his abilities or inabilities. It doesn't mean that he's not a suitor for a different team. It's just quite simply, we signed someone better. Um, so at that point, you should, the first thing that the Blue Jays ought to do, I think, is explore the trade market for Lourdes Gurriel to see if there's anything that we can get in return that's of significant value, a.k.a. starting pitching. Try to fill in uh, that void or anywhere else, really. Um, to, to anything we can do to make our team stronger, okay, now we'll, we'll, we'll see if we can dangle uh, a really, really upside player with a really, really good contract. Um, we'll see what we can do. If nothing comes of it that tickles the Blue Jays' fancy, I'm trading Randall Grichuk at that point. Um, so with Springer, I think it's interesting because there are a lot of moving parts involved, and there are, it, it could subsequently affect 
one of two people. The more likely scenario I think that would happen is we would trade away Randall Graychuk for almost anything we can get, but I still think we're going to get some sort of value there. Yeah, there's enough. No, totally. I think that the that is the route that they take. If 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 Springer's on board, then you don't have a need for Randall anymore. Uh, you try to see what you can get for Gritchick, whether that's a like I, I want to aim a little higher than a bullpen piece, but maybe you do get a bullpen piece back uh, and a good bullpen arm, uh, and that helps offset some costs. You get rid of Gritchick's contract. Um, I think that I'm not sure what kind of trade value Gritchick has. You might have to tag along a prospect with it to get a team to take him on. But like Adam, you said, it's it's not a terrible contract for what he's giving you. It's not something like, wow, they massively overpaid for the guy. I think he's living up to his contract almost to to a point. Uh, maybe not quite, but he's, he's close. Um, there, and there's some tools there for sure. If, if they don't get a bite there, then I think they're just like, okay, well, let's see what we can get for Lourdes. Of the hmm. outfielders on the team right now, Tioscar is, in my mind, is the one that they that, that they don't move at all. Like he's not even in discussions unless they're completely blown away f- by another team for an offer. I mean, nobody should ever be completely off the table, but Tioscar is probably the closest to being as off the table as it can get. Um, so yeah, I mean, that's where I see it going. I still would love to see Jonathan Davis end up as the fourth outfielder, and that is possible by getting rid of one of the three that are already on the roster, uh, plus adding George Springer. So if you get Springer and you have an outfield of, let's say, uh, let's say Randall and left because you couldn't trade him, or Teoscar and left, you have Springer in center and Randall or Teoscar in right, you're looking pretty damn good. That's a damn good start. And I think that's a better uh, outfielder or an outfield than currently constructed. So, yeah, I think that's where I would go. But to Bobby's point as well, uh, Vlad took up a lot of at-bats at DH. Um, I think him going back to third opens up DH so that maybe they can keep all four outfielders and get them enough at-bats uh, and, and, and circle them around. Use the DH spot and circle it around. Um, so, yeah. Just beat this guy because you just – more segue points. Brendan's crushing it tonight. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to share my screen here once I finally get it off to where I want it. Have you guys seen this video yet of – Vlad Jr.'s little celebration against Shades of the Wrong Screen. <laughs> there we go. Sorry. Wrong yes. screen. <laughs> With him uh, more or less doing the Undertaker bit. Yes. Going on here. So, anyway, video play. Full on intro. <laughs> That's right. There it is. And he rises. Yep. It's awesome. <laughs> This is what apparently is going on in the Winter League. This is just fun, but if I go, obviously yeah. this is Winter League, but I is it really that different? It, you know, he could be that already. Anyway, going forward for this season, and we've already seen the mashing a little since our last recording. If he does take third base, this lineup looks ridiculous with mm. where it goes. Brendan, where are you slotting Springer into this into this? You know, the batting order, if you are putting him in here, is he your number three guy? Or are we going back to some weird Josh Donaldson kind of thing, in your opinion? I'd be, I'd be thrilled if he opened as the number two guy. I think that's a good spot for him, or he could be the leadoff guy. I think you can't go wrong with either having Kevin Bowe or George Springer, uh, some combination of one-two. Uh, whoever doesn't end up in the top two of the batting order goes down to fifth, sixth, or seventh. Uh, it lengthens it like crazy. Um, cause you could have a, an order of, let's just say Springer's your leadoff guy 
Bo's your number two, or Cabin's your number two. Um, and then you got Vlad, you got Teoscar four, you have Cabin uh, fifth, let's just say. Um, you get whoever's behind the plate at catcher. Uh, then you have Lourdes or Randall, whoever it is. I mean, the lineup gets pretty close to nine deep, where that's people you don't really want to face, uh, depending on how it all shakes out this offseason. So, yeah, I mean, even just it's crazy. Just adding George Springer alone lengthens the lineup a lot. And that isn't taking into consideration any potential breakup behind the plate if they don't move on Danny Jansen. Um, look, I, I, we've all been on this train multiple times. Listeners are probably sick of us saying it. But if, if they hold on to Danny, you get a full year out of him. I fully believe a breakout is coming. Uh, I am going to be on that train and, and keep on talking it into existence. The offseason goes along and opening day comes around. So if you have that plus Springer, you are looking at a lineup that goes eight or nine deep. Adam, want to pick that up? How dare you, sir, put Kevin Biggio at number five? How <laughs> dare you, sir? You watch your tongue, sir. No, I would... Um, I would put Kevin at the leadoff. I would put Bo second. I would put Springer third, Teoscar fourth, and Vlad fifth. Have that nice Jose and Edwin combo revisited. Um, I, I do agree with you, Brendan. All jokes aside, I said that in jest, but at the same time, how dare you? But <laughs> um, I, I do think this does lengthen the lineup a lot. And the the possible addition of someone like Real Muto definitely makes this a little bit more interesting but even given what we have right now i also think that takes the pressure a little bit off danny jansen and maybe a, a relief in pressure would actually make him more relaxed and perform a little bit better at the plate um up that batting average a little bit and up the contact just a little bit more too um so if you stick him in the the sixth and seventh or seventh spot and maybe that's still a little too low because we still have lord Uriel on this team i didn't yeah. even mention him um yeah coming up and, on this part of the conversation which is insane. yeah and we still have <laughs> as of right now rowdy telez on this team which i still yeah. didn't mention you know so um if you make it to jansen and say look it's not that we're just there you have better power hitters in front of you something that you did maybe that yeah. again relieves the pressure a little bit off of him and makes him more relaxed and he'll find a spot in the lineup but again we talked about this before we need a solid, solidified lineup most of the time. We can't be dancing around and playing with the lineups based on matchups. I know that's the fun thing to do, but I do think a little bit of familiarity with the lineup does play as well. These are creatures of habits. So, um, assuming... Yeah, George Springer, I hope he has a solidified spot in that lineup. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. So, yeah, I, I would put him at the three spot, personally. Mr. K, are you with us? Can you hear me? Mm -hmm. I can. Oh, we thought man. we lost, lost. <laughs> uh, like I said, it's, uh, I'm the brewer here. Um, I like George Springer at every spot. Uh, and to his point with Danny Jansen, he picked it up at the end of last year. I mean, he started to hit. We, we got a little glimpse of what he can do. And I think that was because Kirk came on the team. And he's, he's realizing, okay, this kid can hit. Uh, I got to show what I can do. And it put a little pressure on him. Uh, as far as the top five goes, I mean, let them be there. Uh, like, I like that in the lineup. Uh, and the, the bottom, you're going to have Rowdy behind them, right, so he can clean them up. Uh, and if Danny Jansen performs like he can and like he started doing, I mean, guys, that's a complete lineup, and uh, I like it a lot. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. 
I'd say no holes in the offense anymore kind of thing if some of these guys have to where we saw them in the minor leagues with Jansen and a couple other guys. But that's a, that is the 2015 lineup in a nutshell. Yeah. There's nowhere to hide other than Ryan Goins. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But yeah. Ryan Goins had his spot on that team 110 times over at playing second base with the defense that he did. So, but you're not looking for that. Oh, we got to hurry up and slot Chris Colabello in the left field. Yeah. If you got somebody like this coming into the lineup. So a hundred billion times over, George Springer is a solid, insanely good fit for this team. It's almost checking too many boxes. Um, the only thing, obviously, I really think that what it will come down to is if they can convince him to come north of the border at all, which yeah. would be, it is. I really don't, I think the Blue Jays are going to be in on an offer with the money that anybody else is going to be at this point, because he is basically public enemy number one for the Blue Jays offseason. They are going to get him one way or the other. <laughs> so, moving right along, I guess uh, we'll talk Relamuto. Seeing Adam brought that up a minute ago. Segway if, points. Um, segway points. Late segway points. <laughs> but if it comes up, there it is. <laughs> um, if you didn't get Springer, you needed to get somebody. JT Relamuto is probably the best catcher in major league baseball right now when you look at it from a purely analytic aspect mm-hmm. there's some things that are some flags but in all reality he, he, he's a great defensive catcher he's a good offensive catcher i wouldn't say great but i'd say he's definitely way above average he's not your mike piazza that doesn't give you all offense and no defense but right it's a nice balance i think of the equation at the catching spot which which we were just talking about we're hoping right now for a resurgence from Danny Jansen to match up to his minor league numbers or somebody like, you know, like Alejandro Kirk just to come up and mash, which right. we saw a little bit of a preview for last year. I can see why Blue Jays fans are excited. Not to mention, I've been watching him for a little while. I love the kid. <laughs> so, but Adam, brick of money, all of a sudden in JT Relamuto's pocket and he's our starting catcher. What is going to happen with this roster? Where is the batting order go? Kind of same conversation we just had with George Springer. Just Relamute's done. Uh, I would assume Reese is gone. Um, if I, I would. Yeah. No, I was just agreeing with you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I would assume Reese is gone. And I, I, I'm assu- also assuming that this is the only major addition we make. So this is assuming Real Muto without Springer, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay, so I, I would clusters. <laughs> yeah, I would set up I would probably stick Real Muto at the five spot. Um I would still stick with Cavan, Bo. I'd probably put Teoscar at the three, Vlad at the four, and then Real Muto, and then build it from there, probably Lordis after that and Teoscar or I mean not Teoscar, Rowdy and you know, down the line. Um but it's not incredibly different. It's just, it's. I know that the signing would be great, and it to me it just screams consolation from Springer, even though it's still a solid signing. I guess it's because maybe Brendan, you feel the same way. I have my sights set on Springer so much that anything less, I'm just not personally satisfied. So it, it goes to the spoiled fan in me. Get blinders are on. Yeah. Oh yeah. It's it's. Tunnel vision to Springer. That's it. Um, I, I, I think because you can get by with an average catcher and having a not-so-complete outfield 
to me is a little bit more detrimental personally. Um, so the, the construction of the lineup wouldn't necessarily change too much dramatically. Um, I just think you have more upside signing a guy like Springer, especially on the offensive side than you do, uh, real Muto, even though it still would be a solid signing. And even though the defense, the catching ability would be a huge upgrade for this team. So, uh, yeah, not, not incredibly different compared to the Springer's theoretical signing, but still pretty good. Yeah. Plugging in a little extra, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Signing Rio Muto is very similar to me as signing Russell Martin. I know it's probably going to take more money to get Rio Muto than it did Martin. Um, and look, it's tough. It, they did have to go to the fifth year for Russell Martin to convince him to come to Toronto, even though he's Canadian and he's from Montreal. Um, mm. So that you need people need to think of as well as like, yeah, the, the, the playing in Toronto and Canada, while it's all great and people come here and they end up loving it, it's like, yeah, I can see why like it's such a good place to play, especially when we're a team because you're getting 50,000 people out per night at the Dome. Um, it still took Russell Martin that fifth year to be like, no, don't go to Chicago. Come back to your home country and play. Right. So it is going to take some convincing. They're going to have to offer extra uh, on whoever they get. But yeah, I agree with your, your your lineup slot. I think fifth or sixth is probably where JT Real Muto goes. Maybe fourth or third, but I would say like pretty much where Russell Martin was. Russell Martin, I think, right. was as high as five, maybe sometimes as low as seven, depending how the uh, the order was going. I think Real Muto's bat right now, given that he's around the same age Martin was when they signed him, is better than Martin. Uh, he has a better bat than Russell Martin. The defense is probably about equal, maybe a little bit even more on JT Real Muto's side than it was Russell Martin. But yeah, no, yeah, that's how I view it. I think fifth, anywhere from fifth to seventh, I could see Real Muto uh, hitting in the order. Um, in terms of roster fallout, yeah, Reese is probably gone. But then that just makes me sh- think that one of Jansen, Kirk, or Moreno are going to be that big trade ship to get yeah. an outfielder. Because if you miss out on Springer, look at next year's free agent class, guys. It is not good. Like, you go through and look at it. There's nothing there either. There's nothing That's coming up through the thing. Yeah. No, there's nothing. So you go, there's nothing through the minor league organization either that's right on the doorstep waiting to come up and take a spot. So you're going to have to make a trade for one. If you miss out on Springer, sign JT, use one or two of your catchers to get an outfielder and a starter. So there's a lot, I think there's a lot more fallout with pieces in the organization if you go the real muto route then there is the springer route the springer route just shouts okay well we have outfielder we have an extra outfielder let's try to trade this one and then everything else can stay the same where with real muto it's like okay let's move a catcher move a few people within the organization at lower levels to get that piece it just yeah springer fits so well real muto fits well too but just not as seamlessly Bobby, you want to jump in on the uh, JT Relamuto sweepstakes? Yeah, I agree with I agree with Brendan. Uh, it involves a lot more, um, and basically he's going to want a lot of years. Yeah. So, what's going to happen to Kirk? Are you saying that Kirk's not the future catcher for the organization? Because that's pretty much what that means. Um, it, it just doesn't really make as much sense, like the other guys were saying to me, to sign uh, Riamo. It seems like an afterthought, like, oh, we didn't get Springer. We got to do something. Let's do it. Yes. And then, and yeah. then you lose a lot with him. So I, it doesn't really make sense to me. And I don't really like the move, but uh, I could see it happening, but uh, I don't like it. 
And not only that, you're also clogging up potential DH spots, right? This is assuming that Rowdy Telez stays on the team and obviously Vlad's going to stay on the team. And eventually Real Muto is going to have to move off the catcher spot, especially if the knees give way. So now you have three potential DHs that probably can't play the positions defensively that they're, you know, signed to or played to on an everyday basis. So that clogs that up right right there. So, you know, forward thinking, Bobby, I think you're bang on when you talk about uh, Kirk, right? That that does sort of scream to me, hey, man, I'm supposed to be the guy of the future, and this totally derails that. So I, at that point, just trade me, right? Yeah, absolutely. Agreed 100%. And uh, if you do sign JT, front load it as much as you can yeah. so that the back years, it's easier to cut bait with him. Unless it's just like, well, he's got to live with the twenty million a year, like we did with Tulo, uh, and you're not going to play for us, and we're just going to wait and pay off your contract. So it 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 just screams more potential for pain in the long run with JT Real Muto than it does with George Springer. Yeah, I don't know. Do you think it would work that you're 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 we're talking about how we have to tack on an extra year for someone to join the team, right? And I think that's fair. We probably do. So let's just assume six. Right, because yeah. five is the barometer right now. Let's just assume six. And we're also asking to front load it when players probably prefer the back load contract. Oh, totally. I don't know that someone like that that's a free agent is going to yeah. want to sign, even given the term. I, 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 I think that players would be more inclined to sign with the team that's going to e- either evenly distribute the contract or back load it for five than... Yeah six years and front loaded that's just me totally i agree with that for sure like notes where right now the catching market is for ray lamuto with the mets out of the equation maybe he's got yeah i think he's scrambling for a job but you just took one of the biggest money players off the table it's a little different all of a sudden now maybe that sounds good the one team who's come back into the equation for Rio Muto is the Nationals, um, especially now. It, they got Dombrowski officially. Um, so, no, sorry, that was the Phillies. I'm wrong. But the Nationals have kind of already been in it. I think the Phillies um, maybe cried poor a little bit with how much they were complaining about money lost uh, at the start of the pandemic. I don't doubt that they lost money. That's not what I'm saying. But mm-hmm. there is money there. So Dombrowski's in. He's going to be like, guys, if we want to make sure that we live up to the Bryce Harper contract and get into the playoffs and commit and 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 com- or, uh, contend for World Series year year, and like, we got to bring back JT. So I think you got competition from the Angels as well, the Nationals and the Phillies. Again, they're back in the equation there. Especially with Dombrowski, dude. He's a dude that wants to make impact moves right away. Oh yeah. No doubt. Well, and the other thing about that is I think that move actually screams the fact that Phillies actually do have money. The Rowski mm. wasn't cheap. <laughs> there was no way in shit he was. I don't care if yeah. he did just get fired from Red Sox. That guy's been one of the best GMs in baseball over the last two decades. It's not not going to be a cheap thing for him. So they overpaid to get him. They're going to overpay to get somebody else. Yeah. It's that simple. Like, Bobby, you want anything to add to the Ray Muto piece before we move on? No, I mean, everything you guys made sense. Uh, and I think that's a big thing that isn't talked about is, does the player want to go there and play for that team and the type of contract? Not just the money, like you said, the backloaded or frontloaded. Mm-hmm. Does he want to – I mean, a lot of people do want to come to the Blue Jays because they got talent in But the here, I don't know. 
I think what I said before you trailed off there with the microphone, unfortunately, because of your snowstorm fun, was that the Blue Jays have a bright future is what it sounded like. Is it my yeah. true with that? Yeah. Single clicker. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so it's uh, it's uh, if he wants to win now, it might be uh, better for him to go to a different team because in two to three years, I think that's when uh, Blue Jays are going to really compete for a championship. Yeah, yeah. Agree. agreed. Yeah, Without totally. these giants we're talking about, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Exactly, exactly. Unless they get Springer and JT Real Muto and uh, they just take over. <laughs> Calm down, slow your roll. <laughs> so, I want to talk at least about one more, and well, two more, because really, I, I ha- we have to talk about Francisco Lindor. Yes, this is a trade, not a free agent thing, but it just seems to me, guys, that this, this rumor is not going away. If anything, it always seems like everybody's starting to really see the pieces of the puzzle going together, even from outside the Blue Jays organization. Let's say the Blue Jays do trade Lourdes Gurriel Jr., a couple top-end prospects, and we bag Francisco Lindor for Toronto with a three-year extension. With a giant bump, bump of money on that, too, obviously. Let's say he's going to be a Blue Jay for the next four years, just for the sake of argument here. Where is this lineup going now that we're going to obviously have to move around a few players, things like that, just to make things work? And now we also have an outfield hole. Brendan, you want to lead off? Sure. Yeah, definitely an outfield hole moving off of uh, Lourdes. Um, it is nice. It's comforting if, if we're prefacing it with, a, with an extension, knowing that he's going to be here for four years. Um, but I'll stick to what I've said a few episodes ago. I don't want to make that trade without Springer already in the building. Uh, because I think Springer in the building makes it more makes it easier for Lindor to be like, yeah, let's let, let's sign up here for the next two or three years. Because as Bobby rightly said, they are going to be a contender in the next two or three years. The future is bright. I'm taking notice, and I think that's why conversations with free agents seem to be lasting a little bit longer. I know that they're still in the market, but it's it's not that the Blue Jays have trailed off in those discussions. Um, yeah, I need I need Springer in the building before I make that deal. Um, just because that's like, okay, we have Springer. You're not going to take Randall in a deal for, for, uh, for Lindor. No, you take Lourdes. Yeah, I think they would. Um, and they definitely have their eyes set on some other pieces in the organization. I think it was Adam, it was either you or Craig who shared in our group text before we came on the show that the Mets are wanting to actively, yeah. or, uh, sorry, the Rockies are actively wanting the Mets to make a deal with them for Arenado. Arenado and we've yeah. heard, yeah, we've heard similar language of the the Indians, or not the Indians anymore, uh, wanting to make uh, a deal with the Blue Jays. So they have their eyes on people or an organization. So if you get Springer, you give them Gurriel, they obviously know who they want from our organization. I think that deal would get done pretty quickly. So that, that that's how I would preface it. I think the exact package that the Cleveland baseball team was looking for <laughs> is uh, one major league ready player with a couple prospects. Yeah. And so that basically was where the Loris Gurriel Jr. part goes, because in all reality, guys, is there anybody else that is quote unquote major league ready for sure on this team outside of maybe Teoscar Hernandez that would be in that cheap ballpark? I think they would want in a trade like this. You can make the argument for Rowdy, but it's still a up-and-coming idea. You know, it's going to have to be Lourdes is the way I see it. If Lourdes is far more. Uh, yeah, he's he's far more versatile, and I think teams are looking for that compared to Rowdy. Um, so yeah, I think if we're getting a Lindor, and you know, Cleveland's asking for a player in return, 
uh, it would more than likely be uh, Lourdes. Um, so yeah, I, 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 I hear you, Brendan, when it comes to Springer, you want to have that move ideally done before making a move for Lindor. But I think the difference when it comes to Springer and Lindor is um, Springer sort of controlling his own destiny. And usually there is a, a pretty decent waiting period for that. Right. And it, I, I think he's the type of guy that's going to want to, you know, sort of turn this into a bidding war. So time is a little bit more on your t- on your side when you're trying to sign a free agent. Right. Whereas with Lindor, that could strike any time. Yeah. Right, because it it just takes one team to say fuck it, let's just go, let let's just trade for Lindor, even if it's not for an extension, let's just go, and and then he's gone, right? So I think when you make a move for Lindor, I would do it the opposite. If you make the move for Lindor, all of a sudden you get the attention. It's kind of like that meme where yeah. the the girlfriend's holding the dude's hand, he's turning around looking at the other girl walking by. It's sort of like that. He, he, you, you see if Springer sees that the Blue Jays are serious and they trade for Lindor, extension or not, Springer might be like, yo, we can make some noise for a year. Yeah, and maybe if you sign Springer for, it's probably going to be, I don't know, we're looking probably at a 10-year deal for Springer. Would you agree with that? It's a lot. <laughs> it's really what it's going to be. It's gonna, I, it's, I was thinking it's going to look very similar like the new age Vernon Wells contract. I'm, I'm thinking it's going to be a 10-year deal, dude. It's a lot that takes him to when he's 41. Dude, I think this is someone that it's he's going to want to up the ante for those years. I'm not seeing him settling for a five-year deal. Maybe he'll settle for an eight, but he's not settling for probably less than that. That's just my opinion. Do you think he'll do five or six? I do. I think that's I think that's probably the max that he would get offered from somebody. Unless really? somebody unless somebody goes crazy. I think they're looking at the age uh and everything like that. And plus towards the end of his outfield career that he might have to go into the DH hole, kind of similar to JT. Yeah, I don't think he's getting more than five or six. I think the okay. six-year pushes it over. the that To be like, okay, you give me a six-year at 25 per, I'm in. I think let's just say have to get a five. Let's say seven. Let's sure. just say six and an option I, to get I, could see se- I could see seven. Okay, so if you say, if he signs, if we trade for Francisco Lindor, and Lindor's not extended yet, and Springer's like, yo, we can make some noise for a year, say. That gives Lindor a little bit more of a, a of an incentive to sign an extension, probably like a four or five year extension. Yeah, so then true. you have that core for quite a bit on top of what you already have with Bo, Kevin, uh, Vladdy. That's pretty dangerous. And so I, I think at that point, I want to make the trade first in, yeah. before signing Springer because you want to have Springer to have a reason to sign Whereas if you sign Springer, Lindor can't control that destiny. Right. He can't say, yo, to me to Toronto, and Cleveland's going to be like, we're not getting what we want for you, so no, we're not going to do it. I, I'd rather... Sure yeah, yeah, at that point, yeah. So, Bobby, anything you want to add to this Lindor to Toronto thing as far as roster fallout and uh, apparently a lot of other fun things going on because it's a big moving piece on the move if Lindor Huge. comes to Toronto. Huge. Yeah, um, as long as my internet holds. Uh, I, I hear... <laughs> I hear what Adam's saying. Adam, Adam's saying if they get Lindor, other people want to join. It's kind of like with the Mets. They got a new owner. People wanted to go to the Mets. It makes sense. Yes. But you're also risking that it's not going to happen. And then you have Lindor. You get away from other pieces. You absolutely need it. No. Yeah. yeah, of course. But I mean, I really saw the field. Um, it all comes down to, like, Springer should be the focus. 
Yeah. Above all else, if you're able to work things around like that and get that to work, of course, we're all on board. But I, I think you risk it not happening if uh, if you trade for Lindor, give away pieces, give away prospects, whatever, and then all of a sudden, you know, it's it's uh, it's definitely risky. Right. Very good point, Mr. I, I don't want to be a GM. That's both options. <laughs> exactly. That, that, that's a tough call either way because I can see that it's valid whichever way you go, either two directions. You get the door and then you try to lock in Springer to be like, hey, look at this. We got this new bright, shiny toy. Of course, you're going to want to sign the dotted line, right? Or you could go the other way, sign Springer, and then go to the Indians and trade him. And then that's when you say, hey, look at this new shiny toy, Francisco Lindor. Of course, you're going to want to stay for another two or three years. So it's tough. That makes me not want to be a GM. It's too tough. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> not to mention the other piece of this that we haven't even touched on yet. Francisco Lindor comes to Toronto. He's going to play shortstop. We already have one of the best up-and-coming shortstops in all of baseball in Bobochet. You're automatically having to move him somewhere on the diamond, and then moving Bobochet might move other players around. At a minimum, I'm seeing that Bobochet's either going to have to play at short or at, at third base or second base. At a minimum, you're talking about moving one of those two guys. Let's say Vlad Jr. ends up running away with the job for third base. Bobochet is then now your everyday second baseman because he's going to play the infield one way or the other. And not to mention, guys, that's a pretty dynamic infield with Bobochet, Lindor, a resurgent Vlad Jr. That, mind you, regardless of all his defensive flaws, the guy has an absolute rifle from third base that makes up for a lot of the lack of range that we saw through his minor league performance. And then you're going to have Rowdy Telez, who is a sneaky good third baseman that was learning from one of the better defensive first basemen in baseball over many years, and Justin Smoke. I, that's a very offensive infield. And unfortunately, we're still not even talking about Adam's man crush Monday. That is <laughs> Kevin Biggio. I, I don't know how, he, with if Vlad coming back up and doing what Vlad's doing, if he does do that, how you're keeping Biggio in the infield. How do you guys see these chips falling into place? And Bobby, I'm hoping your uh, internet holds out good for another good point here to kick this off. <laughs> <laughs> That's the thing. I don't see it happening. Uh, it doesn't make sense. Uh, you want to keep those guys together because they came up in the minor leagues together. They played together. They like each other. They're, they like playing with each other. Uh, imagine getting your best friend traded away or whatever. Uh, it kind of sucks. And mm. with the improvement, of course, it's better right now. But it, I don't think it's necessary. It doesn't make sense in my mind. But, I mean, it would be a, uh, you know, a jumble over there in the infield. And I, I wouldn't know what to do with it. <laughs> yeah. Word Fallout. That's the name of the uh, episode. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Exactly. That's a good episode title. The Fallout. <laughs> I think fall. I actually I, – I, I think I called it Roster Fallout. Soon to be Roster Fallout or something. I can't remember. But anyways, <laughs> I make a – and I, that is a very, very good point that tends to get overlooking. Uh, that, that is the core that we've been sold as Blue Jays fans for pretty much three, four years now. Am I correct with that statement, fellas? Yeah. As far as yeah. when they were both – literally their autographs on a helmet – on a uh, hat on my mantle on a Lansing Lugnuts hat, all three of them. So that's the foundation I've been praying on since they were all wearing those uniforms. So. <laughs> It is saying something if you're moving around and tinkering with that formula too much. But then there's something to say that we've already been tinkering with it with Vlad moving around the infield and all that kind of stuff. Bo's been the really only constant equation in that, batting in the leadoff spot for the most part or the second spot and playing shortstop. 
everything else has been a kind of a moving piece. As much as I would love to see Kevin Biggio playing second base every day, if this move happens, I think he's going to be the odd guy out in the infield. I really do. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Then he becomes like Ben Zobris light. Like you can plug him in a third when you need yeah. to. Yeah. Him back at second you could put him in left you could put him in right and we started to see that towards the end of last year right like he started playing a lot of right field as the season went along when travis shaw was kind of hitting a little bit uh at times throughout the season that's where they uh, just a little bit and after they got vr that's where it was like okay well to make the pieces fit shaw you got to get your bat in the lineup vr we just got you so we're going to try to try you out at second base i know it didn't end up working but at the time that's when it was like, okay, Kevin, go play some right field. Go play some left field. Go play wherever it is. So I could see that being beneficial. Like, remember Anthopolis was this close to getting Ben Zobrist on that yes. 2015 Jays team? That could have pushed them over the top for a World Series. And I think you can easily find enough at-bats for Kevin Biggio if that's the thing. In my mind, he would be in between what Zobrist was and what Marwin Gonzalez was at his top. In his peak, Marwin played everywhere. He could play first, he could play second, third. I think Gonzalez even played some short. And now he's kind of found a home in the outfield. So if Biggio bounces around from place to place to place, I think he's better than Marwin Gonzalez. I think he can get close to what Ben Zobrist was. If you have that, both of those guys have been on World Series appearance teams, if not World Series champions. So that's a nice piece to have to just plug and play wherever it is, depending on who's pitching that day uh, and some of the matchups. Yeah, when it comes to roster construction, I'm not really worried about it. Um, they'll figure. Yeah, I, I do think they'll it'll just figure it out, itself out on its own. And we've already had confirmation from Bo saying, you know, if we're going to have an upgraded piece a la Francisco Lindor, I'll be happy to move off the position. Um, and that's very professional of him. That's, that's, you know, that's sort of beyond his years having that sort of mentality. That's a very team first mentality, which is great. Um, so when we said this before, when it comes to Vladdy, he didn't prove it this past season that he was able to play third base on a consistent basis. He's got to earn that spot back. I, do I have doubts that he can earn that spot? No, I think he absolutely can, but you got to prove it to me. And if we sign a Francisco Lindor, it's sort of a consequence of that and saying, look, dude, like, this is not any offense to you. We're happy with the work that you're putting in. You clearly you are, but at the same time, this makes our team better and we want to maybe yeah, put you at first base. If we put you at first base, you know, maybe then we can make move, make a move for Rowdy and see what we can get in that aspect. There's a whole lot of moving parts that I'm not necessarily concerned with. Um, but at the same time, to Bobby's point, I do think that this screams, it doesn't necessarily make sense. Right? right. Us as Blue Jays fans, we're so attracted to these big name moves, right? The Springers, the Rio Mutos, the, the Lindors. We love that. But, and I've sort of, you know, hinted at this before. I don't necessarily think. It, when is the last time a big name player that the Blue Jays have been linked to, quote unquote, that it actually pan out? Besides Troy Tulowitzki and David Price, like when that trade deadline happened, it was no secret Alex Anthopoulos was going for David Price. Like it was, <laughs> it was everywhere. It wasn't even a whisper. Yeah, it was just there. Spring training, the Blue Jays were going to get Troy Tulowitzki in 2015. Yes, on record. That's what I'm saying. But any other time that you see Blue Jays are interested in this person, Blue Jays are going to make a pursuit for this person, tends not to happen, right? So I think when you have these other minor deals that will still bolster the club, like, I don't know, uh, 
I don't necessarily think Trevor Bauer is necessarily on the table legitimately. I think the Blue Jays will end up being outbid um, or or just maybe he prefers to play somewhere else. I don't know. But I do think that if, if the Blue Jays, I think the best player that they have of the rumored people, the best shot that they have is probably Real Muto. Probably. Because I think the stakes for Springer are just going to constantly increase. And that typically, historically with this front office, makes them uncomfortable to really go all in with term. And I don't think money's an issue, but I think term is what they're you know most concerned with. So I think they're going to get outbid when it comes to that. And again, when you look at what they have in the outfield, it's not the worst. And it, yeah. if Jonathan Davis can click, then maybe it's not that big of a deal, right? And, and maybe they'll make like a quote-unquote lower-end signing, like a Suspedis maybe or something like that. We, we don't know. It's, it's possible, but when it comes to the link names, Bobby's right. A lot of these moves just don't make sense. So more segue points, I guess, unless sure. Bobby wants to put in two cents. <laughs> I mean, you guys hit the nail on the head, uh, and I kind of agree with uh, Adam that Real Muto is the most likely, and, well, the most doable, I would say. I would say the most likely. Yeah, most yeah. It's, uh, it's, you know, because Real Muto is not, I mean, he's a great catcher, but, you know, he hits 260. Uh, he'll put up 20 home runs. Uh, not like George Springer who's going to hit 40 home runs and, yeah. you know, play a gold glove outfield. So I think the most doable is Real Muto, but uh, I guess we'll have to see. I agree with that. Mm. Definitely. So that's where the next piece of this conversation goes after I bring up this last one because we're running short on time. I think this one's really easy. If the Blue Jays threw the last brick of money on the big free agent that they could in Trevor Bauer, I don't see any fallout. What's it really doing? It's pushing all the the guys down the line a little bit? Yeah, he's your number two. (laughs) That is really the easy. If we were going to make a move right now purely on money, that is where the Blue Jays need the biggest fit right now is in pitching. Somebody to really bookend with Ryu and make that re- really run really, really well. And that was what came back to bite us a little bit in the season. Ryu was the only guy that was supposed to be the stud, and he didn't show up in the playoff game that he was supposed to pitch. But he got us there. So I'm not, mm. I have zero, zero issue with that. But if you had another guy to come out in game two that was quote-unquote on par with him or pretty damn close or better – Things could have looked a little different. Although, Matt Shoemaker in 2020 playoff game looked like that guy. Just got yanked a little bit early. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, uh, Trevor Bauer makes sense. But, yes, it is a big thing of money. And him not wanting those extended years on his contract could play into the Blue Jays' favor. But it could be the same problem. You only have him for a year or two. And then you don't know what you have. Maybe you're right. better off spending that on your prospect pool, period. But if he is only around for two years, you do have the prospect pool to keep dipping into. So, okay, great. He's gone in two years. I have money again. Right. (laughs) Exactly. So, anybody want to point on that, or did I sum that up appropriately? Yeah, there's not much fallout. In terms of roster construction, there's not much fallout when it comes to Bauer. I'd say probably their biggest hole outside of an outfielder, not even rank this hole above, they need a number two behind Ryu and to bridge the gap to the back end of the rotation. So I think your your biggest, biggest hole, because you could get by with the current outfield perfectly fine, especially if Teoscar's breakout last year was real. Lourdes keeps doing what he was doing, and Randall improves a little bit on what he did this past year. You're still looking at a good outfield. I wouldn't say it's a great 
outfield, but a good outfield. Um, but yeah, number two starter is is probably the biggest hole and the most logical one to fill on paper. Um, Springer, because he would trigger a trade for a number two, makes it more intriguing for me. But to your point, Craig, you sign Bauer for two years, you give him the money that he needs, and when some of our young core starts coming up for their contract extensions, Bauer's off the books. And that's just even more time to get guys like uh, Anthony Kay or Simeon Wood Richardson or Adam Klofenstein developed further. So that's when you could maybe take an SWR and be like, okay, Bauer, you can go. You served your purpose for a year or two here. We have Woods Richardson ready to go. Let's do it. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I, I like that route. Be able to uh, spend the money on Bauer where costs are low uh, with the current roster. He's gone by the time other guys are up for contracts and by the time other starters in the organization are ready to take the place. It's a good route. Or, worst case scenario, two years from now, have all those guys and throw another brick of money at Trevor Bauer. Yeah, he might. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> And stay. (laughs) Just stay, man. Just stay. So that's the last piece of the individual attributions to what this roster fallout. We have had many people asking on the Twitter feed, a Facebook feed, and a couple on our YouTube feed that have kind of all centralizing around the same thing. And it's kind of going back to the Scott Forrest conversation. What is most likely to happen? And if we are going to get the group of players, what is the likely scenario on that? Uh, Bobby, I'll let you lead off here on this part while I can see the other two. I got the gears turning. I can't see what you got going on anymore. Putting you on the spot. <laughs> <laughs> well, I already told you the, mo- uh, the most likely, right? So, Riyamoto. Uh, what was your other point? The group? What do you mean by the group? So, Scott Boris reported during his little press conference is not only are the Blue Jays looking for a free agent, they're looking to add a group of talent players um, do you see out of the four guys that we've really mentioned the likelihood of the Blue Jays being able to get two of these big free agents or the big trade candidate? I mean, I guess it really comes down to if they want to spend. Because if they're going to sign Bauer, I mean, if he if he wants two years, yeah, fine, uh, that'd be great, obviously. But you know, why would he why would he want two years instead of eight? I know that's what he said, but it is what it is. And then yeah. imagine imagine signing Springer and Bauer to eight years max contract. It's like it doesn't work. Uh, that kind of money doesn't get thrown around uh, for for any team. But, yeah. I mean, obviously, if it happens, they're going to be one of the best teams in baseball if they get three of these guys. <laughs> uh, that's the dream. But uh, realistically, it's not. Uh, it's probably not going to happen. And Real Muto is the most likely. And I would say that, the like uh, Brendan was saying, the biggest need is uh, Bauer. I, I would say by far. I mean, if you could come with a one-two punch, and you make it to the playoffs, that's going to be tough to beat. Yeah. There you go. Adam, you want to pick it up from there? Yeah. I, the most likely out of that, that the group of four, right? So we're talking Rio Muto, Springer, Bauer, Lindor. We're talking those four. Somebody you'd like to add to the conversation here, you're more than welcome to add. <laughs> yeah. I think, I think someone that we're overlooking, I think someone that's being slept on and will probably be heated up in conversation once Trevor Bauer probably signs with the team, the Dodgers. Um, but once he signs with the team, um, I think order is not a bad signing. And I, and I, 
Brendan, I think you mentioned this before. I, I could totally see the Blue Jays sort of sneaking up and be like, we have to fill in this rotation. Yeah. He's not a bad arm to have, and you can have him probably in a nice three-year deal. Not super cheap, but um, that probably you're going to overspend a little bit. You might be spending upwards of 15 to 20 million a year, but if it's a three-year deal, it's whatever at that point. And that's a pretty good piece in your in your starting rotation that you can have. And, and then you throw like a million dollars at Jay Happ and be like, bro, you're 38. Just go back. Yeah, just retire a Blue Jay. Or you you go back to Shoemaker and be like, dude, let's let's run this back. We'll we'll make it right. We'll make it we'll we'll listen to you. When it comes to if you had any issues, assuming that he did, with being yanked after three innings uh, in a postseason game, maybe we got that wrong. There are so many things that you can do and to make this team competitive, but on paper, they don't look tremendously sexy, right? And again, that doesn't necessarily mean they're a bad squad. They can definitely contend with a team like that. So of the four that we talked about before, I honestly don't see Lindor coming here. I really don't. I, I, I can see a team... Uh, sweeping in the last minute, or he just rides it out with Cleveland, right? And and just waits, and maybe Cleveland deals him at the deadline for something that you know a little lesser of a package, but something they they would rather get something from than nothing, right? And, and there's a bidding war at the deadline, which I love those. Um, I I don't see Springer coming here I, again. I I think the Blue Jays are going to get outbid in terms of term, and I think. The, at the end of the day, that's going to suck in the immediate term. But when it comes to the long-term application of this team, it's probably for the best. Um, Real Muto's the guy. I, it, the more I think of it, it makes more sense to go that route. And having McCann signing with the Mets, that pretty much gives the Blue Jays a little bit extra oomph to be like, look, dude, where else are you going to go? <laughs> so, that's when you can't it anyway. Yeah. Unless you're yeah. to play with like Trout and barely make any money. Right. <laughs> So there are there are pieces that you can put on this team. And also, I think, you know, just for fun, if we're talking about it, when you when you have players out there that could fill the void and we're talking about players that, you know, could service the Blue Jays in a way. You look at, like, again, Ken Giles might be a reclamation project. You can say, look, dude, we're going to sign you to the vet minimum. We're giving you another shot to play on this team. Let's see what happens. That's fun, and it gives the Blue Jays a good look. You, I would love for them to go after Liam Hendricks. Just go. Come back to the Blue Jays, bro, and just go. Um, otherwise, I don't know. I don't, I don't see a huge need that we need. At, the, at that point, outside of that, you just fill it in where they go and you you fill out the rotation as best that you can and, and you do what you do. Yeah. If I had to rank the, free, the four we've talked about to answer the question in terms of who I feel is the most attainable to get and the one that feels the likeliest to happen, I would probably go JT Rio Mutos, number one. I'd go George Springer, number two. I would go Trevor Bauer, number three and Francisco Lindor number four. And the only reason I put Lindor at four is because it is via trade. And it really depends on if the Blue Jays want to go and meet the Indians asking price, which I think will be too high at the end. Mm. Um, in terms of uh, somebody that we haven't talked about, one name that we haven't brought up in this podcast for quite a while is Taiwan Walker. And he's still out Oh, there. yeah. He's still... He's still, like, favoriting... So many Toronto-related tweets. I think he loved his time here. And I still remember him commenting back on somebody's photo on Twitter of the CN Tower of the sun yeah. setting. And he's like, imagine waking up or going and looking at that view. And I was like, 
I think he liked his time enough to commit to this team. He knows what they're about. They got him in the building, and he liked what he saw. Now, it's been very quiet on Taiwan Walker's market because the whole conversation is Bauer. And after Bauer signs, that's when guys like Oda Rizzi, Corey Kluber, yeah. Taiwan Walker. Um, there's another veteran out there on the market I'm blanking on. It's around the same kind of caliber. Who? Paxton. Paxton, that's it. Um, yeah. <laughs> those four guys are probably the next after Bauer goes. That's when their market starts heating up. So I think Taiwan Walker could be one of those guys that, okay, we, we didn't get Bauer. It's not what we were expecting. Let's turn our attention back to Walker. I think Walker can be somebody that you add in January or February at some point if the market still stays as cool as it is. So I do think there is some caution about bringing Walker back. There was some things to suggest that, yeah, he did get quite lucky with some of his numbers. His FIP was higher, like significantly higher than his ERA was. That can sometimes be an indicator that maybe there's some regression coming. But at the same time, he made enough of an impression on me that I would welcome him back if he slotted in as a three or a four. And that's banking a lot on Nate Pearson rising to the occasion and bridging the gap as a two. I think it maybe if Walker opens up as your two behind Ryu and in front of Pearson, you could be okay. But then you really need Nate Pearson to step it up because I think by the end of the year, we'll be like, Walker, yeah, you had a fine year. You weren't the number two. You were maybe more like a three or a four. And you could be a candidate to start uh, a playoff game. Um, so, yeah, it's been very quiet on his front. I would welcome him back. I don't think it's going to take a lot of money to bring Taiwan Walker back. Uh, maybe a two or a three year deal. And I think that's really fine with me. Um, and you might even be looking at 12 to 13 million a year, which for him, uh, sign me up. Um, the only other name, uh, Adam, you brought it up, Hendricks. The only other bullpen name that I'll bring up is Brad Hand, because that's been another one that is consistently linked to this team. Um, and he was cut loose and he had a fantastic last few years. And he would be a great addition to the back end of the bullpen alongside Delise and Jordan Romano. If you went into the season with Hand or Hendricks, uh, Delise, and Jordan Romano, you are laughing. Your back end of the bullpen is is loaded. And that would, give me, that would be the most comfortable I feel with a Blue Jays bullpen going into a season since I don't know when. Like, I can't name it because all these guys just came up as the season went along. Like 2012 when Brett Cecil and, and Steve Delabar became mm-hmm. all-stars. That was as the season went along. I have not gone into a Blue Jays season. I remember the stage, I think, before the Dwayne Ward and Hankey in the 92 bullpen. <laughs> My dad has told me, he's like, yeah, Hankey and Ward were the shit back in the day. They were the two guys. As soon as you got to the eighth inning, you knew it was locked down because you went to Ward and then you went to Hankey. So if you could get Bridget to the seventh inning and you go, you go Romano, Hand, Dolis, or whatever order. There's no wrong order with those three. So sign me, sign me up. Yo, bring back Loop. <laughs> he, he was in the World Series this That's year. That's what right? I'm saying. Bring back Loop. Oh, the man. whole time, every time he came in and every one of those games with a raise, I was like, and this game's going to be blown. <laughs> <laughs> there was no more anything. Just decided. <laughs> so I agree with you guys. I am actually going to go on a limb here and say that Springer's actually the most likely to happen. And wow. you guys know my stance on that. Yeah, That's me saying like that. You I don't, don't like <laughs> I don't like the move. I still don't like the move, but there is just too much to it, especially with the passing thing, the whole Rosenthal still saying shit about it. There's too many MLB insiders that are going, yes, they're pushing, they're pushing, they're pushing. Yeah. And then you kind of keep hearing the rumblings of the fact that Springer is actually interested. 
it's not going away. Otherwise, if they flat out would have said, nope, I'm not going. Yeah. Or there was any little, hink, you know, hinklings of the fact that he was not interested at all. Right. I wouldn't even be on the boat if he's coming at all. But there's just too much fire there for there for there not to be smoke. And as much as I like I said, it's not my great. I will never complain about getting him. I just don't like the fact that I'm re- rewarding a guy that had anything affiliated with that whole Astros team. And that's where my gripe is. I'm not saying he's a good ball player or anything. But the Blue Jays want to do that and we win World Series. He's just not going to be a jersey I ever hang on this wall. Buying <laughs> <laughs> a jersey tomorrow if he signs tonight. <laughs> you can find me whatever you want. Doesn't mean it's going to make it on the wall. <laughs> it's not going to be next to all the holidays and everything. That Bautista bat flip stuff and everything. Yeah, that, that's that's sacred ground, man. Don't put it there. Exactly. Or next to the '93 beer can that I never drank. <laughs> yeah. So, got the World Series ticket printed right on the Labatt can. Couldn't drink it. Yeah. <laughs> it's too young. It was given, gift, gifted to me. <laughs> anyway, fellas, um, I think that satisfies the fan part of the show. Uh, Bobby, this is your uh, moment to shine. Plug your video gaming or whatever you would like to do in your uh, your moment of moment of fame here. <laughs> All right. Well, one of these days we'll figure out the technical aspect. First, it was you guys. <laughs> now it's me. Uh, we'll get. Um, if you want to check me out, obviously BK Zone on Twitter, Bobby K on Twitch. Come hang out. Uh, everything is free, free to follow, free to hang out. If you want to sub, keep your money. Don't sub. Just watch for free. Hang out. Follow these guys. These guys are the best. Uh, I appreciate you guys having me. It's always a good time, and uh, uh, I'd like to do it again. I gotta ask though, really quick, what are you and Bob, you and Anthony playing these days on uh, your PlayStation or whatever you're gaming on, or are you PC guys? Uh, I, I just had PC gaming set up Valorant, which is a first-person shooter. Uh, it's kind of like Counter-Strike. Uh, he's obviously uh, the show and Madden. He, that's his and Call of Duty. He's he sticks with the uh, the popular games. I kind of mix it up a little. You know, I get bored of, of playing a game all the time, every day. But you know, uh, you he's getting, he's getting a PC now too. It should be arriving within the next two weeks, and we'll see what he does. <laughs> it's hopefully it's not stuck in limbo like my 3D printer that's on now a nine-week lead time instead of a four-week lead time. Well, that, that's happened. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You- <laughs> I'm trapped at home now. <laughs> yeah. I know, right? So, gentlemen, anything you two would like to add before we sign off this evening in the Blue Jays land? Yeah, I just want to say um, – this this is one of the most exciting off seasons in quite a while because the Blue Jays names has been in the news so often. So that's fun. Uh, so Blue Jays fans, again, it's fun to think about Springer. It's fun to think about Rio Muto and Lindor. If it doesn't happen, don't freak out. This team is still on the up and ups as they are right now. These are just additions to really push them over. And there's nothing to say that nothing can happen in a trade that we're not even speculating on. I do trust this front office's ability to turn this team into a legitimate contender. So, yeah, if, if you know, it doesn't happen and these names that we're talking about don't end up with the Blue Jays, don't freak out. It's We're still in good hands. Um, and the last thing I'll say is uh, Josh fucking Allen. That's it. All right. <laughs> Oh. And 
that's got to be a new show tradition. You got to always flash the Josh Allen flakes or whatever. <laughs> the right here at my desk anyway. Might as well okay, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bring it on and gloat. <laughs> he is. He's going to finish top three in MVP voting. Uh, mark, mark that down. <laughs> So, Brendan, on that note, what do we got? You're hoping next week, right, for yep. our annual – you want to go ahead and plug? Yeah, week? yeah, absolutely. It, people can submit them as well. So, Bobby, if you have a Christmas wish list for the Blue Jays that you want to submit, it can be player signings, player trades. It can be requests. It could be Anthony starting in the rotation next year. It can, <laughs> yeah. it can be anything it can really that you think of. <laughs> like we've been seeing on the uh, – Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Now, it, too. it could be whatever you would like. Just Blue Jay related. <laughs> bring your Christmas wish list to the equation. We did this last year. We've done this past two years, I think, Craig. Um, and Adam, this will be your first one that you're on for our wish list show. Um, last year, I think it came true. I think we were asking for a Ryu type signing, and it happened. Uh, how awesome would it be? Just like last year, I think last year Ryu signed on the 22nd or the 23rd of December. How awesome would it be if that happened again and be like, this is such a beautiful Christmas gift, Blue Jays fans. Here, here's George Springer under your Christmas tree. Let's yeah. go. Yeah. <laughs> oh, wait, it's just his cleats. Ah. <laughs> oh, damn it. It's his Astros jersey. Throw it out. thing, <laughs> <laughs> you. I miss the Astros jerseys with the with the Bagwells, the Killer Bees years. I, those I, are, those I, are the full right. So good. Yeah. <laughs> Miss it. But anyway, Brendan, that will be a very, very exciting show. In the meantime, everybody out there in uh, YouTube, Twitter, podcasters, wherever you're getting your listens in this evening or during the show, please keep us to follow your messages to us. We are happy to listen and talk to them. And maybe we need to figure out something for fun for if somebody does submit the coolest fan version of a wish list item for this year's Christmas and sweeten the pot a little bit. We'll talk about that offline. But until then, find us at BirdwatchingGC on Twitter and in all our social media handling. And listen to us in all your wonderful podcasting places, wherever you get the pleasures of your podcast from. Give us a listen. Check us out on StadiumScene.tv. Plenty of other sports stuff going in there in addition to our antics. And until next week, guys, we're going to finish up with our usual two claps and a Ric Flair. Do it. <laughs> Woo! Woo! Blue Jays. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.